This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Friday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. My back is killing me. I don't know if it's old. I don't know what's happening. Um, what is this? I know. I could get a DMP rest, like Y Leonard, but no. I'm no, you have to work because, like Michael Jordan said, they pay me 82 games. So they play me. They pay me to play 82 games. Excuse me. So I am here. I am podcasting in pain. Just like a champion, and the listeners, both of you guys. I, I was gonna say, I hope it's not just for me. If this is just the two of us, and you're third, you're back out in, in vain, shouting into the void, then uh, that would be a real bummer. That would, uh, but no, no. There's a lot of people involved, and yeah. So I don't know. I just, I it's driving me nuts because I can't lift today, and I couldn't lift yesterday, and now I'm just, um, I don't know. I'm very annoyed yeah. at what's. Going as on. a man who, as a man who does not lift any day, I recommend you just you roll with that. No. You just roll with the lift-free lifestyle. Absolutely not. You're a better man than me. You'll live longer than me, too. <laughs> I don't know about any of that. But anyway, Mike of The Athletic is here. He's one of my favorite people to talk about professional wrestling with. And, oh, thanks, um, buddy. God, this there was just so much. And it's really hard to keep up with at this point. And I'm very annoyed at how much I'm having to keep up with. And it's a very first-world problem yeah. to be like the amount of content and just you're overwhelmed with what you there was a whole There's a whole pod we could do on just what your strategy is or isn't for how yeah. you, you watch this stuff. Like, I'm at the point now where, like, I... Wednesday... I'm, I'm all in on Wednesdays, right? I'm, I'm recording AW. I'm recording XT. I'm, I'm watching... I'd say the... If it's cumulatively four hours, I'll watch at least three. I'll burn through some matches. I'll burn through some stuff I don't care about. Mondays and Fridays, I'm I'm watching I'm watching cut ups and recaps unless there's something that's really enticing me. I'm just you know if I've only got so many hours in the week and since my in my primary job is every other sport that's not pro wrestling, yeah. I got to pick and choose. And right now, Wednesdays have hooked me. Uh, Mondays and Fridays haven't, and I'm just leaning into that. That's a good strategy. Um, I'm trying to get through all of. Smackdown in one fell swoop, um, especially this week, which was really good. Is this was probably going to be the best Smackdown that they'll ever put on? Um, I, feel, <laughs> I feel pretty. And it was an that. accident. Yeah, that's what I'm like. That's their best shows, the accidents, where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. they didn't have time to really overbook this and over sensationalize this. They're just going to give you right. great matches, like they gave you Champa and Miz, they gave you Cole and Brian, they gave they just gave you a lot of great yep. stuff because they didn't really have time to do anything else. And then the Shawn Michaels just. He's still great when he takes off the jacket, acting like it's gonna be him, and it's not. And then his reaction to Adam Cole's super kick in the closing segment sequence of that match with Brian, everything about that was great. Um, Brandon Stroud made a great point though. Um, this is why Survivor Series in just it it's really bad for kayfabe is all of these storylines and all of these characters get pushed to the side 
just because their shirt color is different. So all of NXT, when they close, and like Triple H has never been established as like a character on NXT, really. He just does the pre-show right, intros, yeah, yeah. and he's doing all this stuff. And if you're a viewer at home, you're like, what the hell? Like, what? What am I looking at here? Why is he yeah. like the king of NXT? And it's, it's, it's just bad. It's almost like when Stephanie takes credit for the women's division and the women's revolution and everything like that. And you're like, uh... I don't know. It's very cringy. So I, I would agree from that perspective that the end of SmackDown was extremely cringy, and I'm not in on it. And it's also, if you watch Raw on Monday, you're like, oh, this is what happens when they have time to book an entire show with everybody because NXT, you had Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole where you could have done the exact same thing <laughs> that you did with Daniel Bryan on Friday. And they're like, no. What if we did a very boring-ass match and never get to full gear and then... You know, have a disqualification instead of giving another star-making <laughs> moment. What if we did that instead? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not good when your your thrown together hasty plan is better than the stuff that you think about. That probably should prompt a, re- a reevaluation of like everything. And yeah. we know there won't be one of those. No, no. Um, but we'll get to some other SmackDown and Raw stuff. I mean, that that's just on the top of my head and just something I've been thinking about and stewing about for the last week, but. Um, the Cody promo is just at the top of my list that I wanted to Mm -hmm. talk about because that was the promo of the year. He got compliments from the rock. Um, I thought it was fantastic. It was, yep. it's going to be hard to top this year. I I, I would say it was everything about that promo felt real, felt genuine. His shots at Jericho were fair. Um, I love the new stipulation where, I mean, just if you want to get someone all in on a match, because I don't think. If you're like a diehard wrestling fan and you just want a great wrestling match, you're not super excited about Jericho versus Cody because that's, that's just not what they're best at. They're better right, at talking. Right, right, right. Like, you don't want to see them go for 60 minutes. No one really wants that. But with yeah. these stipulations, you're like, oh, I'm in. Like, you needed something like this to kind of draw people in and get them motivated to see these two have a long match. And now we know that if Cody loses, he'll never challenge for the title again ever and i i love that see here's where i'm at um i just wonder i i, I think in a vacuum i can get a lot of that my thing is just are you are, do you really need to pull out all of that for the first pay-per-view you've done with tv like is that really you've just established jericho's your champion he's in time length has had a run but in terms of actual pay-per-views and shows, defenses, it hasn't been that long. Cody is one of the faces of the company. Cody is very plausibly, um, in terms of a character, in terms of someone who is kind of sculpted to be the face of your franchise, is one of the most qualified people, if not the most qualified person, to do that right now for the next five-ish years, right? You could, I think it's a very short list of people you could pair against him, and it's basically probably Kenny Omega, and frankly. To me, Pac. I think Pac could absolutely be that guy. Or is it Pac? They call him Pac, but he was Pac before he went to NXT. Yeah, they call him Pac now. I feel like it was, I heard so much it was Pac before he went to NXT. I don't know. Anyways, I I think Pac could be that. I guess Moxley could potentially be. It's not a long list, right? Are you sure you really want to, in one of Jericho's first title defenses, A, I get why you put Cody against him now, right? You've got to go big for your first pay-per-view while you've been on TV. But are you sure you really want to, have a match stipulation like they have of the whole three judges thing, which is we can get into that in a second. But then you put right in his first 
match he's ever had for the world title in AEW on one of your big guns, a stipulation like that. Is, are we sure that's really the move, you know? And I think AEW has earned enough trust to from us to say, all right, let's see how this goes and see how they, they pay this off. Because for me, I think it's just... I either you I just feel you're backing yourself in a hole you don't have to back yourself into. Either you you have to make the switch now, in which case like everybody's gonna be expecting it, or you're setting us all up for some big swerve, and then you're just gonna have to eventually talk your way out of this down the road. And maybe you do it very deftly, but a lot of the wrestling fans you're trying to convert are very used to haphazard WWE storytelling where they tell you they're going to do one thing and then don't stick to that with any form of consistency. AEW is really founded on this premise of we are going to be consistent, you know, i.e. our wins and losses. They show the records. They say this stuff matters, right? So you're already establishing this baseline expectation of whatever we do is going to make sense, is going to be consistent. It matters the story you're telling. So do you really want to put this out there to where either you are telegraphing a big title change or then you're going to have to go back on one of the first big promises you've made like this? Because nobody actually believes Cody Rhodes will never wrestle for the title again if he doesn't win on, on Saturday, right? Like that is completely inconceivable and insane. So I just feel like you're, they're doing this when they don't have to do it. And I also think in a bigger picture, <coughs> uh, I'm not a huge fan of the whole three judges if, if this goes for a time limit draw thing. Like, I, I don't think that sets up well what this match would be, which is I don't think most wrestling fans, as much as we I, – I, I think I'm in the majority when I say I really enjoy Cody Rhodes, I really enjoy Chris Jericho. I don't think that's an ideal pairing for 60 minutes. I also don't think – you know why I think they're going to get there. I think that's the they're just adding things. I just don't think they're going to come to that point but why? where well, why are you the judges. I, but I guess like why are you doing it though? Well, I think they're just establishing that that's going to be a thing like down the road. Like I think they're establishing it for future title matches that that is going to be part of AEW, like the boxing big boxing match feel where I think eventually like a Kenny Omega match title match. I think that will eventually see a scenario where the judges have to decide. Like mm-hmm. You could see a year and a half from now, John Moxley and Omega going to 60 minutes and it being a draw and the judges having to decide who won that match. I don't think in this very first um, version of it, it's going to happen. I don't think that's any of that's actually going to come to play. Okay. So that, that leads me to set up where I would probably go next though, which is okay. So you're setting up this premise. And I think if mm-hmm. there's one thing, that I've yeah I've watched all of AEW. I haven't seen all of Wednesday episode yet. I've seen about half of Wednesday. I've seen all of every other one thus far. Right? If there's anything that's really fascinating about AEW to me, I mean actually it's not a good setup. There are a lot of things that are fascinating. But one thing that I'm really paying attention to is, you know, these guys clearly know how to recruit talent. They know how to get good wrestlers. I think they absolutely have proven through being the elite. They could tell, you know, if you give them a series of stories to tell, they can tell it very well what they are learning how to do, and they're not going to be perfect, nor should they be expected to be because you're learning, is how do we fuse all of these things onto one two-hour broadcast? Like, what is our ethos? What is defining us as a company? And to a degree, they don't want to be bound by that the same way WWE is, right? You know, the whole tagline of AEW can be everything. You know, we showcase everything from an Orange Cassidy match all the way to a strict boxing match. Mm. Not strict boxing match, but boxing rules. They're even nice enough to put Dark Order on TV from time to time. Yeah, hey, you I don't like have to do that because they're terrible. Anyway, continue. That's hey, as somebody who's watched them since they were the Super Smash Brothers, I am very happy that those dudes are able to work in the United States again. I don't know if you know the whole Visa saga; it was yeah. not good. Uh, but um, just a bad gimmick. Side, I don't love the gimmick, but they're so good as a team. 
Stu Grayson does crazy stuff. Like sure. I, I feel like people at any rate. Uh, <laughs> so what, what I guess where I could see the growing pains or I could see them trying to fuse this together and where me as a viewer, I get a little confused and I think you need to ideally probably establish some bright line to one and the other is okay. So we have the situation with, uh, you know, with Cody, where this is, you know, you're establishing this, these three judges almost making like a boxing match. And really, if you go back to this, this all, this dates all the way back to Cody versus Nick Aldis. I wrote about this when the ringer sent me out to all in last year, that was everything about that was promoted and set up like a boxing match. And Cody has been leaning into that ever since. That's obviously not how pro wrestling traditionally goes. On the flip side, you have Kenny Omega and John Moxley in a lights out match, which essentially is not, you know, sanctioned. And to apparently further this gimmick to the like the furthest possible degree that this is as old school wrestling as it gets, that's good. Meltzer said the other day, that's supposedly going last, with the premise being, because we're really leaning into K-Babe here, that it has to go after everything else in the show because technically it's not on the show. So those are two very different wavelengths of the spectrum philosophically of what you're doing. And yet, I guess, like, I guess, are we as the audience, like, supposed to kind of just not be like, okay, this can all happen in the same show? Because I think it's one thing to say we're going to showcase different styles. I think it is another thing to sit there and say we are showcasing different interpretations of the role of wrestling in your minds and how you're supposed to process the rules and the, and the world that we set out for you. I don't know if that's going to work quite as well. I'm still wrapping my brain around, wait, are you traditional pro wrestling or are you something completely different if that's your infrastructure? I think it's too early to say. I think they're still, like you said, figuring stuff out. And I'm okay with it because it's new, it's fresh, it's different. And I also think they're doing a good job with Mox anyway, already being annoyed about the unsanctioned aspect of his. Like, there are different programs where you can see they're just planting seeds everywhere. And I am okay with it because we're like a month and a half in. Like I'm Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. It's growing pains, right? Yeah, and I don't think they're pains. I think they're just like we haven't like these are things that we have to wait and see how they actually unfold. Like I wanna see that first situation with the, the boxing type feel. Like I wanna see how it all comes okay. off. But I think fans are being conditioned now to prepare for it. You know what I mean? Where I think it's going to be something that's expected and people are going to, there's going to be an appetite for it because it's going to be so controversial and it's going to be so um, interesting. Maybe it won't, it's probably going to be pack and Omega. That makes the most sense to me where like they're setting up pack who won again this week with a ref botch. Um, yep. I could see a scenario where pack and Omega or pack and Mox go 60 minutes and, um, have to rely on judges and pack and omega staring them down can you imagine pack and mox being in the title match and staring down the judges like daring them to pick the other one over them to award them the title like there's just i i like how they're setting up who's the big winners who are the big losers um i i love it i'm i'm okay with all of it i'm not concerned that like my concerns the AEW really aren't anything like that um my concerns are like putting the tag titles on SCU, which the crowd was not into last week. They were wanting Lucha Bros. They did not get Lucha Bros. Like so that fine. match also felt kind of rushed, though. That right. was the other part of it. They were they were bumping against time limit, but it just wasn't good. Like they're just they're fine. Like it's just the first tag titles. Like I just SCU <laughs> is fine. They're they're fine. But like the first ones, like you have Private Party, you have the Bucks, you have Lucha Bros. You well, have... you have to you have to remember the original plan 
for the AEW title is Hangman Page. So yeah, that's not going to work either. That would that would not have worked. And I, I like Hangman Page, but that, he wasn't ready for that. No. Uh, so, you know, I could see how they, you know, they're not going to always go with the obvious choice, right? Jericho was the obvious choice once they adapted. Um, but well, I think otherwise, the you know. Omega from the start and then they were like oh we're not going to do that we're yeah well where he's like having to figure it out in the top i guy. guess that's true yeah i mean well yeah. obviously in the sense that like if you're not gonna put it on somebody who's a vice president of the company then you're gonna put it on yeah. chris jericho um you know i don't know i, I mean look i'm not a, i think we could both be in agreement the tag division there's so much better than the tag division anywhere else that like yeah. I, the depth is so good that i'm completely fine with this i don't mind SCU getting that first run with it I don't necessarily think it'll be an incredibly long run either, God, I but that. I mean, um, I, don't, I like it more than you do. Uh, and I also, I will especially like it if when Daniels comes back, they'll let them go Freebird style and switch it in and out. Um, I think they all are good wrestlers. I think they can hang. Um, I think really like, I'll put it this way. If, if you weren't going to put on them and the Lucha brothers were probably the only choice at that point. Like it's pretty clear. They didn't want the bucks to have it right away. Private party isn't ready for that. You don't like the dark order. Best friends sure isn't ready for that. Ready? Yes. I'm not, if, I'm not putting, I'm not putting the inaugural tag titles on a team that, uh, is really just working their first national shows. Cause they, they weren't even that big in the Indies. Yeah. Like they weren't even working big national Indies that much. So, um, so no, that mean, though. Oh, they're fantastic. I, I remember like, I think like a year ago, uh, one of the, I think it was Isaiah Cassidy had a tweet and it said, someday we will wrestle the young bucks and the world, you know, will rejoice. And I was like, who are these guys? And I watched just like, you know, caught up with what they're doing. And I remember I tweeted, I was like, the, the future of tag wrestling is here. And it's these dudes. And sure enough, the future yeah. of tag wrestling is here and it's these dudes. Um, so no, I think like to me, if you don't want to put it on, uh, Phoenix and Pentagon right now, then I think they make sense as a stopgap while you buy time to establish some of these other teams on television. Because some of these, you know, some of these guys people haven't seen that much of, right? Like best friends were on Ring of Honor and some New Japan, but it's not like they've been on TV a ton. Private Party's still new. The, they don't want the Bucks to have those titles yet. Santana and Ortiz are kind of working their own sphere outside of this. So I think it makes sense for as a short-term thing. Because the other thing too is that, and I would be all about this, considering the fact that I think their upper mid card lower main event is not that deep right now for me i'm not keeping finish the pentagon together for that long i'm finding a way to get them both into singles hmm. I, I mean phoenix is clearly the star there and he's there's big things for him um but he's still super young i want to say phoenix is like he's he's, he's 26 yeah, i think he's, got he's 26 pentagon i mean he's he's insane i mean yeah. i i get that I mean, the thing that distinguishes him for me, it isn't just the the ceiling of the spots that he can hit, right? Because Ricochet has crazy spots that he does too. It's the fact that Phoenix is always changing it up. And that's not to say Ricochet doesn't. I'm just using him, Phoenix as kind of the, the paragon example of, I have watched a lot of Phoenix matches over the last several years. I've seen a lot of Phoenix in person over the last several years. Every time there's something he does slightly different. He never keeps it the same. The degree of difficulty is wild. All those rope tricks are just so nuts. And I keep like freaking out that he's going to fall and break his leg or something. Uh, he's, he's incredible. I, I don't know how people don't think he's one of the best in the world. Um, I think a lot of people do, but if they don't, they're just totally wrong. I would agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, how do you think pack versus page and Omega versus Mox goes? Who do you have winning both of those? Um, pack versus page. I mean, I feel like they are setting page up to get a big win there. Ooh, I think interesting. I, 
I think they've just let Pack run through so many people and they need to find a way to rehabilitate Page. And I think this is the way you do that. Um, Kenny and Mox is harder. I don't know who needs something more there. I mean, I guess it really ultimately depends on what degree you are going to, how long are you planning on keeping Kenny out of that title picture? Are you planning on going into like mid 2020, not thinking about that? Cause clearly Cody's setting up a war game style match, right? Between the elite and between um, the inner circle. So if you're going to do that and your next big pay-per-view, your angle is going to be this, you know, this war of the factions, you probably have a mega go under there and let Moxley go over, set him up for a big singles match in the next pay-per-view. Cause you know, Omega is going to wrestle him like a five on five. That's my guess. So I'll say Moxley and I'll say Paige. What about you? I have Pac. I think they're still setting Pac up. Like he, the part of the reason he's there is he cares so like more than anyone else. He cares about that win loss record. He cares about how he's viewed. <laughs> I I still don't think Page. I still think we're we're leading into a Page heel turn. Um, it kind of reminds me of Rollins a little bit, where it's just the chosen one, and people just assumed that he was going to be on top, and all this kind of stuff for a while, and the fans kind of turned on him, even though he was a pretty solid babyface. But they just, for whatever reason, were like, "No, he's so it. much better." Yeah, and he's so much better as a heel. I mean, he—I didn't know he could do all the stuff that he could do um, as a character, and he's been fantastic. I mean, look, I would put Pac over Page. I think Page works That's right now is like, an, uh, I yeah, Omega I don't know. Mox? I mean. I mean, it depends on when they really want Omega back in primetime. You know what I mean? Because he's on right. the outside. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on when they want to really jumpstart that storyline of, okay, Omega figured it out. So once he has that big match and he wins, it's like, oh, Omega figured out the kinks. He's back on top. This is why he's the best in the world. Like They can easily do that whenever because um, he's still at the top of his game. I just... I don't know if they're ready to strap the rocket to him now. And if they are, if he wins this, then I'm like, oh, then we're getting Omega Cody soon. And yeah, they don't have to because there's not enough, not another pay-per-view this year. So this is like, this is it for a while. And they're only running four pay-per-views next year, apparently. So um, see, and this is what's really interesting to me. And like, you know, it's part of the fun of this promotion we are used to thinking about this stuff. Like with WWE, we always think in terms of four temple events. We just know how to think, right? With New Japan, it's always with Wrestle Kingdom in mind. We don't know how these guys are going to think yet in terms of how they're going to pace their storylines in terms of, we don't even know what the big event of a year is. I guess if they're only running four, four pay-per-views and that's your answer, but we don't, you know, if we were thinking on WWE calendar right now, we'd be thinking in terms of, all right, are they going to get Kenny ready for Mania in five months? You know, or are you going to do the next checkpoint, which is next summer? We just know how to think. I, we don't know how to do that with AEW. And so that's exciting because I don't think, you know, we can't just assume anything at this point. I mean, for all we know, like, I wouldn't have thought they'd go this balls to the wall with stipulations, stuff like that with Cody right now, right off the jump, right? But they are. So who's to say that, you know, they don't try to get Kenny back in the title mix very soon after the new year? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm interested at the very least. Um, yeah. Can I rant on uh and that's I'm that's that's all I've got on full gear. I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good show. So I'm, I'm that I mean, we're we're getting to the point now where just every every young bucks pay per view match that we're doing, I'm just sitting there going, I don't know how they're gonna top themselves, but it's gonna be ridiculous. And yeah. the fact that they haven't worked with Santana Ortiz before, I mean, that could steal the show. There's a lot of matches on the show on this card that I'm like very excited about. I love that they're just randomly adding tag team names to all these people and like assuming that we know who they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, like, and and Jericho yeah. and. Uh, Jack Evans, the hybrid two. Yeah, now yeah. 
What are Santana the and Ortiz? Proud and Powerful, I believe. Okay. Uh, which, yeah. to me, I feel like they could just go with Santana and Ortiz, and I'm cool with that. Did I mean, like, I, I really have LAX? I guess they do. do they well, yeah, because up? those guys weren't the original LAX. The original yeah. LAX was uh, Homicide and, uh, uh, God, who's the Hernandez. big guy? Um, Hernandez, yeah. So these guys just took that name once they wrestled there. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, look, I, I think back to that golden age of WWE tag teams around early 2000s. You had your Dudleys and your Hardys, but you also had just Edge and Christian. Like, we can have a couple guys who are just this person and that person. Yeah. That's true. So. That's true. Um, Italia made Asuka tap this week. Um, I really enjoyed the Kabuki Warriors outside of their theme song, which I don't understand why the WWE... With all of this money, won't just give them a theme song. Why any of them? Like, why do they insist on this? Like half-ass. Like, okay, here's a little bit of that guy's theme song, and here's a little bit of that person's theme song, and we're just gonna do a thirty-second well, riff, and then we're gonna go back. I hate it so much. It's so well. I lazy. think it just. I, I, why do they well, not have I know a theme why, song? Well, they don't have a theme song because they want you to keep thinking of them as singles wrestlers because this isn't going to last. Which is all well and good, but the problem is that then you don't ever sell them that much as a tag team with cohesion, like right. with Rude and with Ziggler. I'm like, do you want me? All that's going to have the effect of is that, it, you know, you're not going to make me think of the singles wrestlers because you already buried them enough that you have to throw them together. You're right. just going to make me think, all right, cool. So do you, you don't even make the effort to make these guys a real tag team and you're going to job out your actual tag team that we want to see more of to these guys. Like, this is just self-sabotage. Yeah. God, I hate it. And just, why is the, I thought the summer in Italia was over. Why are we doing this? Why is she winning matches again? Why is she on my television? She's probably a great person. <laughs> Natalia sucks, and it's been like that for a long time, and she's making Asuka tap out, and you're getting ready to put her in a program with Becky Lynch? What are we doing? That was the dumbest thing on professional wrestling in the last week. For the record, when Chase and I discussed this segment, it was basically just Chase going to be like, I'm just going to rant about Natalia. Yeah, because I don't I'm have just, problems. I'm fed up. I'm annoyed. I'm so <laughs> sick of it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I, she's I, bad I at everything. Answers. What is she good at? Give me one thing yeah. she's good at. Uh, I, I like the sharpshooter. I think she puts oh, on a pretty good God. sharpshooter. She, oh, you know, she, gets, she gets down low. You gotta, I mean, some people, like, I, I'm, I'm the biggest Sting mark in the world, but God, when Sting was out there in his 50s trying to put that Scorpion Death Lock on, and he wasn't, like, barely bending down because his legs were too stiff, I was like, this doesn't look good. No. Okay, if that's the bar, 50-year-old Sting, yeah, sure, she cleared <laughs> that bar. Great work. At any rate, I don't have anything to add. Like, it doesn't make sense. Most of the booking doesn't make sense. But really, I mean, if you made a top five of people over the last several years whose decisions with how they handle them make zero sense, everything related to Asuka is extremely high up there. Like, Asuka yeah. and Sami Zayn are probably the, the, the woman and the man who epitomize this the most. So, like, nothing ever surprises me with Asuka anymore. They don't know what to do. And they every time they seem to take a step forward with her, then they'll take two steps back. Who do you think AJ will beat? Um, which young good performer is AJ going to spend a month uh, sending back down the tubes? Who's next in the list? <laughs> give me, give me a multiple choice. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Um, can they call up an NXT guy just to ruin him, like an injured Velveteen Dream? Let's go ahead and throw him up there and spend a month getting just wrecked by uh, by him. Um, Akira Tozawa next month. I, you know what would be my fondest wish? And when I play WWE 2K, I, I make this happen. In Japan, uh, Akira Tozawa and Apollo Crews were part of a stable and a very good tag team called the Monster mm. Express. And they are real life, extremely good friends. The company really? has no, 
Oh yeah, they're very close. The two of them are ricochet, were like boys, great, all in Japan. They would be a great tag team. They're they would be phenomenal. Yeah. Exactly. Put them together. Call them some bastardized version of the Monster Express. There's a little wink and nod. People who really enjoyed Japanese indie wrestling five years ago. What else do you have to lose? They're not doing anything. They both can work. Neither of them can carry a mic. But if you put them together as a tag team, you don't have to worry about that as much. Right. Let them go. Let them go. Let them wrestle. Like. You're doing nothing with them. You don't have a tag team. You're having your champions wrestle the Cubs and like all these jobbers every week and just wasting time. Like, yeah, you need tag teams right now. They broke up Rowan and Harper for no reason. Like, they just they'll never care about tag teams that much. But like, those are just little things that drive me nuts. And yeah, I mean, well, and listen, if you're not going to care about tag teams much, then fine. Put tag teams together of singles wrestlers you're not using, and not just. Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, who I don't think any of us really want to watch wrestle as much as we did five years ago, or in the case of... I really did, because Robert Roode is not a good singles wrestler, but he's a very good tag wrestler. And Ziggler... He did that for a long time at Impact. But if you put him in the tag team circuit but then lean into that give them like give them a full-on like you know entrance that's together don't just do it as we like when they did this with Seamus and Cesaro they committed and they made them a thing and a unit and we bought it and they were great and granted they're both better wrestlers than these guys are actually I would would say Dolph is is probably better than Seamus but Cesaro was light years better than all three of them but still it worked because they cared but my point is with guys like Cesaro and Cruz is if you're not going to care and it's blatant that you're not going to care about your tag division, then just take singles wrestlers you don't care about and put them together, especially if they already have prior chemistry together and are both athletic and fun. Like, what do you have to lose? Worst case, you just bury people you were burying anyways, but at least you might find something. Yeah. Um, can I tell you that I, uh, like, I cackled when I saw Vince McMahon's tweet about the Crown Jewel extension? At the very end, I was expecting, like, 2021, 2022... 2027 mm-hmm. that's incredible those, i wasn't even mad at that whole thing i'm not even mad i'm impressed the ron burgundy thing where i'm just like incredible for him to just tweet that out and expect like a great response we're just so thrilled we're gonna extend it to checks notes 2027 yeah yeah good god awful. just awful yeah and i What's your over under? Do we know what the recovery time for Cain Velasquez is the injurious? I don't know, but I don't want to see him on television ever again. That match was well, so okay. bad. That match sucked. Did you see? Here's the thing. Did you see him at uh, AAA? Yes, I did. And he was fine. But they're not going to let yeah, him do but, that in WWE. That's the other issue. Well, they don't want him to be a luchador. They don't want him to do fun stuff like that. Well, you don't have to put the mask on him. You can still do some of that stuff. I mean, I don't we couldn't so. see I this past week. I didn't do any of that. Oh, that'd be dumb as hell. But. Uh, I mean, I don't think we could fully know either right now. Yeah, true. But I mean, I I will give them the benefit of the doubt in that he has, he had a knee injury. So maybe just maybe they will let this happen and it will be good. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they really want to, they like Vince loves the former UFC guys. Like they really hate their own product and I hate how much they cater to guys like Fury and, Velasquez and like Lesnar is an anomaly, but he also started in day, so that's fine. But like, I hate their insistence on bringing these people in and making it seem like they're bigger deals and they're bigger badasses than their professional wrestlers. Because in just kayfabe terms, they're both fighters. Like it's just a different league. Like there, there's this league where a professional wrestling league that fight each other, and then there's that league that fights each other. But I hate how they position it where, like, they're the big stars, and it's tough to hang, and just... I, no one's better off for it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why they bring these people in to do this kind of stuff. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah. 
I think it's probably a good place we can shut this down on. I don't have anything to add. It's a bummer. I hope yeah. it doesn't become a bummer, but it probably will become a bummer. So at least we got one thing. on Lesnar? Yeah, go for it. I love the logic with Lesnar and Mysterio. I love the logic okay. of moving him to Raw. I love the logic of Paul Hyman being like, he's Brock Lesnar. Sorry, folks. He's got a special deal. He's got a special thing. He can quit wherever he wants to do. He can go to wherever he wants to go. It's only for Lesnar because what's been established over the last five years, seven years, whatever, he can do whatever he wants. Uh-huh. And I, I love that. I love that it's simple. And I love that that's fun. He can just sign up for Raw, leave SmackDown, go whatever, he, do whatever he wants to do, and then just destroy Dio Madden and um, everything else. I'm very, I'll, I will always be pro Lesnar, and his stuff at least makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering, I guess this is a good trial sometime for you to talk about. They're not going to give Ray the strap, you know? Oh, so, absolutely not. Uh, so they'll, they'll do this. He'll never need it. No, he doesn't ever need it. Um, I'm glad that he's getting some relevance because there were some st- stretches there where he's just doing nothing in the mid card. It's like it's Ray Mysterio. Let him have some fun. I I legitimately worry for forty something year old Ray Mysterio if Brock is just going to work stiff and be like, I give a shit about none of this. I'm just going to throw you around like a rag doll, and if you land badly, that's on you. Now, to be fair, I think there's like a short list of like five people in this company that Brock probably really respects. I would bet that this dude is one of them because he was there for the first run with Brock. Everybody likes Rey Mysterio, all of that. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. You know, they're clearly going to do this for a bit. Uh, I, I honestly don't think we will see a real challenger to Brock until minimum Royal Rumble time, probably mania that we have to take this seriously about like, will we actually give up the belt? And I just don't know if I want to keep doing that. I know you like Brock more than I do. And I like Brock. I just, I mean, I want Brock to do something that's not always the same thing of Brock when it's been five years of this. All I want is him tearing people apart. Like him F5-ing people, like he's going to... If he can boomer... Or if he can F5 that boomer ass on commentary next week, even better. Like what if that's how Jerry Lawler's written out of WWE television forever? He just F5s him and throws him across. I mean, the, what if we let Kane Velasquez do luchador flips? Because he can do that. I would love all kinds of things that, like but that, not but that's not happening. Yeah, that's not... I, I don't think so. What if he'd never see him again because his knee is just completely fucked? Nah, that's not going to happen. No. Okay. He'll be he's back. Old. I don't know. He's had a lot of energy injuries, so I'm not sure. Um, who knows? But anyway, Mike, you have to run. Thank you so much for making the time to talk a little professional wrestling with me. Oh, today. anytime, dude. Let's and do we it can again. Find you on the Athletic Dallas. Yes, sir. Editor, feature writer. You can find me on Twitter or Twitter at Mike Like Sports, all one word. Y'all don't need to spell my crazy Italian last name. Mm-hmm. Pellucci. Yep. There it is. Pronounced perfectly. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pro. I'm a pro broadcaster. Like, Playing through that pain. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs>